tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Oh, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. All right, I can't wait anymore. I want to see the glasses. Well, here's the deal on this end. Rasheen's coming over to sneakers, so it's going to be in a few minutes. So we'll have Rasheen Mathis join us in uh, just a bit. So we have time for your fashionista. Got a few minutes to kill. I hear you. All right. So for, for the purposes of this conversation, Brent, you need to check out the stream. I Listeners as well, if you've got a second, go ahead and check out the stream. I'll give you a few seconds to get caught up. I've now got the glasses on. So here's the deal. I went to five below. I needed a couple of cheap pairs of sunglasses. I don't know if you know this. Once you have kids, you can no longer have expensive sunglasses. <laughs> they just get lost or ruined every three weeks. So I, I already see some of the early reviews coming in. Uh, Matt Masters in the chat telling me no thank you. No, those are not blue blockers, Delphonic. These are not blue blockers. I was actually thinking these look like the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Me and my wife were watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix, and I was like, all right, these ain't bad. See, look, Glenn Appleman says Elton John would be impressed. It doesn't matter that Glenn is like 74 years old. He knows what he's talking about. Brent, I see you laughing. What do you think? <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I think you look like. A cool it's dude. not Elton. No, That's a cool dude. No, I think Elton's really good, actually. <laughs> I but agree. not for me. Like, I, it wasn't coming to mind, but Elton does ring a bell here. Uh, there's somebody else I can see, and I'm just like, man, I can't. I'm so bad at, like, actors. Well, like, the Jeffrey stuff. Dahmer works, too. Yes, dude. Yeah. But you shouldn't be happy know. with that. I don't want to look like Jeff. I'm just saying it's trendy. It's going to be a thing. But here's the deal. Yeah, this is, I hope it's not a thing. This is the thing, though. So, like, I buy these glasses. It's not a, a real investment. Uh, Glenn said it best. Huh? I'm going to be worried. You're, you're, you're uh, Mrs. Kurtz checking in on the chat now. She doesn't like them either. But uh, Oh, come on, Amanda. So here's God. the deal. But well, like, be one. I'm a troll from way back. So people tell me they don't like these things. I'm like, all right, I'm going to wear them. But enough people have now told me <laughs> that I look stupid. That I'm scared to wear this, wear these things. You know what? You look a little bit like uh, like uh, when I was in woodworking class in middle school. <laughs> Safety <Fair> goggles. That's <laughs> <laughs> got a little bit of at least from the stream. Now we're not in real. I can't see you in person, so maybe it doesn't. Now that come across like that. That's a good call. I think it's also comparable to like if the Mets would have won the division. That's what you wear to cover your eyes from the champagne. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Ski no champagne for the Mets. I'm yeah. with Delphonic, man. Delphonic thinks I, I should wear him. I'm going to take it. He's a cool dude. He knows what he's talking about. He's clearly stylish. Over the weekend, by the way, the, the Doug Peterson Rocky thing was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and so by nice the way, work. knowing Delphonic, you're going to end up somewhere with those glasses. I don't know who you're going to be yet. I don't know if you're going to be Dahmer. I don't know if you're going to be Elton John. I should end up on TV with you're these things. You're going to be something. Brent, you got to make room for me on the set, bro. 
Yeah, no. look, I, appre I appreciate this, that you will be willing to wear them and you don't care what people think. Like, I think that's a great trait to have. Well, I don't really have it or else I would have been wearing it all day. Instead, I hid them in my bag till I came into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, I thought Casey had a little bit of that in him, too, with the bandanas for the first month of this show, and then he's put those aside. Well, he thinks those off. look good. We so. need new bandanas. <laughs> and I got this nice hat, so I've been wearing the hat. But if we get new Eddie bandanas, got, I'll go back. And he got a haircut, too. Uh, I do like another. that hat. I do like that hat. I'm going to keep wearing these glasses, I think. I love that. How yeah. old's your daughter? So, well, the one who tells me that these are ugly is four. <laughs> the one who's 13 is super sweet. She's like, Dad, you look awesome in those. Thanks. Oh, what a nice Appreciate kid. that. What a nice kid. But, I mean, the truth comes from the four-year-old. You know, 13-year-old yes. smart yeah. enough. To She's trying to get some time. walking around money, you know what I'm saying? hundred percent of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I used to, about, if this was two months ago, I'd tell you where to go get real <laughs> shades. Can't do that now. Nope. Just wherever no. you may buy some. That's right the below it is. By the way, somebody recently told me that that promo code still works. Oh, so wow. You, maybe really? You get a discount. Shopping. All yeah. right, cool. I don't know. If, I'm going uh, to try it because I lost both of mine. So yeah, that's I, I, guy I lost one. I had three, and I've lost one, and I can't believe how my record on this has been pretty good. Like, that's a long time. Sunglasses, when did that thing start? Man. Way back in, like, March or it's something? It's been a minute. Yeah. Sunglasses are difficult. I remember when I first bought my first ever expensive pair of sunglasses. It wasn't too expensive. It was like 150 bucks, which is expensive. But, you know, there are ones that are, you know, much more expensive than that. I held on to those things for three years. Three years. Everything. I was so careful with them. The day you have kids, everything breaks. Everything <laughs> breaks and gets lost. Well, hopefully those ones break soon. <laughs> how much, seriously, how much do people pay for sunglasses? I mean, some people pay a lot. A lot. I mean, I paid four ninety nine, as you can see, but some people pay a lot. <laughs> At five below, you paid four ninety nine. Listen, you're well, laughing, you Brent. Time? These these glasses are essentially the equivalent of your eight minute haircut. So let's just calm down a little bit. <laughs> the hey, listen, the sunglasses that you used to pay one hundred and fifty dollars for sunglasses. Yeah, Ray Bans. Like, come on, that's crazy. Well, they how look much are good Oakleys? though. Like, how much is a good set of Oakleys? Uh, well, a good pair of Oakleys, you're going to run over 100 bucks, but you may even spend close you know. to 200 bucks. Depends on, like, what kind of technology you, you get in the lens. I'm not sure Brent can hear us anymore, Casey. What do you think? Uh, I think that's for the better if Brent can't hear us, to be honest. But uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, a good expensive pair of sunglasses will either run you, like, 100 plus or, like, if you really want to get fancy with it. Like, if you're not going to the mall, if you're going to the sunglasses store... To buy super fancy sunglasses, you could spend two, three, four, five hundred bucks on those things. You really could. It's a dangerous game to play. I, I'm not an expensive sunglass buyer nor wear myself. Had a couple of pairs. They end up broken. I'll tell you, uh, here's the kiss of death. You seem like an Oakley's guy. No, no, no. I had, well, no, actually. I had one pair of expensive uh, sunglasses that I used to wear in baseball, and I snapped them right on the baseball field on purpose. Because, because you were mad? Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, they didn't break. I snapped them. Fun fact. I snapped them in half. Wow. And uh, so then from then on, here's the life hack for you, Aaron. Yeah. I just bought the knockoff, like, fake ones on the eBay that were 10 bucks, but look just like the expensive ones. So nobody knew they were knockoffs, and they still look good. Well, that's the move, right? That's the whole reason you go to, like, a five below and get your sunglasses, because these kind of look like someone else's expense. These look like, uh, like a sideways Kanye sunglasses deal. Yeah, they're not good. <sighs> Why? Just because they're yellow? They're, yeah, it's the yellow. It's like the. I'm not a big believer in like the, 
the non-colored lenses. That's a confidence thing, bro. You'll get more confidence. Don't worry about it, man. You'll believe in yourself a little bit more at some point. You know, the one thing I need is to take confidence lessons. <laughs> take it from me. I'm the, the blind idiot here. From Aaron Schachter. Feeling like I know exactly uh, what I'm talking about when it comes to sunglasses. I know absolutely nothing. Matt Masters, once again, checking in. I got two Oakleys. One he's not allowed to wear. He had them forever. I'm sure they were super expensive. Back when the uh, the outlet mall was a thing in St. Augustine, I don't know what they're doing these days. Some of these uh, stores are all shut down. They're trying to reinvigorate that area down there. But they used to have a big sunglass outlet down there. They used to get some Ray-Bans down there. Interesting. But yeah. it was super expensive. I, I can't hang with that. Like I said, once you have kids, you got to... You, you have to reconfigure where you're spending that money. It's not just, uh, there's, no, there's no more $250 sunglasses right and left. Now it's like, all right, now I need baby food and diapers, then sunglasses. Yeah, so for the time being, I guess I'll still buy the sunglasses. <laughs> well, I'm back. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. We don't know what happened. Oh, like, I know what happened. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, what as happened? you talk to one Rasheen Mathis, you guys do the show well done, I'm going to go find out who unrouted the access Ooh. in this building. So don't mind me, gentlemen. Ooh. You guys uh, have a good show. I'm going to find out who's sabotaging the broadcast. Oh, you go take names. Don't hit anybody, though. You might get fired. What do I have to lose, guys? We got we to gotta bring Rasheen into this because I know this man has bought a pair of expensive sunglasses in his life at some point. Definitely at some point, and I've realized that I'm terrible with buying sunglasses, yes. so I no longer, I mean, I'm, I'm terrible at keeping up with sunglasses, Yes. so I no longer spend money on sunglasses. Do you lose them or break them? They're easy to lose. Both. Yeah. Both. Both. Yeah, I really don't take care of them. And who I really wants care. to commit to the string around the sunglasses? You kind of look like a dork when you wear something like that. Agreed. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you calling somebody a dork is interesting right now, Aaron Schachter. I mean, come on. Come on. Uh, hey, uh, Brent Martino, Rasheen Mathis now joins us right here in Jack's Beach at Sneakers. Uh, thanks for coming over, man. Uh, thanks for You're having wor me, buddy. Working on the ball field, huh? Yeah, yes, always at the ball field. So I love it. Love good, it. Good to take a break. Very cool. <laughs> good to have you over here. Well, you uh, listen, the Jags uh, put up a decent fight. Well, they, they got off to a heck of a start. Yes. They lose 29-21. Your overall thoughts, obviously, you can't turn over five times, and you probably can't give up 200 yards rushing. Exactly. <laughs> um, definitely can't give up 200 yards rushing, but also, as an offensive perspective, we have to take, take better care of the ball. Um, and being that we still had a chance to win at the end, that, that, that says a lot about how well the team actually played. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, what do you, from a defensive perspective, I've so, said this to Maurice Jones-Drew, I feel like Philly has such an advantage from a physical standpoint, right? You've played on teams that were mm -hmm. physical. But I, I feel like, I said this this morning on Monday Morning Madness, that the Jags have a lot of young pups. Right. They have good athletes. Right. But guess what? When you're 22 years old, 23 years old, you don't have grown man strength yet. And, and 27, 28 years old, 29 years old, Jason Kelsey years old, mm. those are grown men. Like, pan, pan I think mortgages. A, yeah, right. Yeah, they're, paying, <laughs> they're paying mortgages. But there's sure. a difference. Like, I felt like that added up a little bit. I'm not calling the Jags soft. I'm not saying they, they, they're finesse. I'm not saying they can't play physical because at times they have this year. But I think over the course of a 60-minute game in that kind of weather, I think you're seeing the grown men take over a little bit. Yeah, that, that, you touched on a, on a, on a key point, um, but experience as well. So with, with that age comes, comes a little more experience. And, and what the Eagles did, it reminded me of Denver um, when they had TD, Terrell Davis, yeah. that zone read. And if you're not precise and really know where you're supposed to go, it can eat you up. And I think that's what it ended up doing. Um, the young, young, young pups was kind of a little hesitant. And about it, when, you, when you get hesitant, that block gets on you a little, a little quicker than it should be. And, um, and, and it leaves gaps open.
I'm going to also get you just said something interesting about the read option because Clay Harbor comes on Wednesdays with us and he follows Philadelphia really close mm-hmm. and he's been out at camp. He says Jalen Hurts runs the read option extremely well. And I don't know what that means necessarily. I, I'm not sure what well is, but right. I think it was on display yesterday. And also the fact that he's a big dude. Yes. And so he's he's different than Lamar, where Lamar's shifty and can run away from you and is going to make you look silly on Sports Center highlights. <laughs> well, Jalen can run right over you. Right. And so you got fourth and short, it's over, right? I saw it at the goal line on the touchdown run. I saw, if you go back to that play, and I'm telling you it happened, Devin Lloyd, who was, I think, if he wasn't spying him, he was keeping an eye on mm-hmm. him. He thinks that Jalen's about to go to his left, and he takes this false step. He actually takes a half a step backwards. And then it wasn't enough to close the gap on that fourth down. Right. And he, you saw he just barely got in, lever, levied a pretty good hit on him. Yes. But that little false step was just enough to open the door for the goal line for Jalen Hurts. And that's what I'm talking about, about playing a little faster um, and understanding that, okay, I have to believe my keys and I have to read my keys. And we were a little slow. Yeah. And if you're slow on that zone option, it, it gets on you, especially for someone who, who runs it as well as, as, well as Jalen Hurts um, do. Um, and he ran it to perfection. And he had a running back that was reading blocks as well. Um, so it, it, was, it, was a tough, it was a tough day of sledding. It was I, a tough day sledding. I usually him. hear this in your line of work, and I'm talking the secondary, mm-hmm. eye discipline. You hear that about the safeties, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about it week one with Andre Sisco yes. and, and what happened maybe on that play to McLaurin, if I remember correctly. But you hear that a lot in football. Mm-hmm. I've been in the locker room long enough. And, but I don't necessarily – like, I get it. I know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. Right. Is yesterday was an eye discipline kind of day because I think I heard a couple guys talk about that post game too. It was. It, it definitely was. Even on the long run, they had. Um, I, I don't. I can't recall who, which linebacker it was, but he he, ta- he he took a false read. And this is a game of inches. Yeah. So that's why eye discipline is so important because it's a game of inches. And if you and, and if you false read, those inches are going to climb up on you, and it's going to be a little too late. And the 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 tackles and um, the guards are going to be able to come out on you and 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 just chip chip away at you. And that's what happened it happened a lot it happened a lot and it's just being precise knowing where i'm supposed to go with that 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 option and that that zone read and it's 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 tough it's tough especially when you have somebody running it as well as philly did aaron uh what happens we've seen the jags the last couple years give up chunks and chunks of yards on the ground and like that eye discipline the the uh inability to fit your gap a lot of people say when you give up runs a lot of times it does break off big runs. I don't actually think the Eagles had a ton of those. I know the one no, you're talking yeah. about with Miles Sanders. Yeah. But in, they were just off. You could tell they were just mm-hmm. off because it was a lot of seven-yard runs. Yes. It was five-yard runs. It was eight-yard runs. And it was just too much. Uh, Aaron, I always say this. The crazy, the, the respect I have for guys in the NFL is, is, is probably unmatched from an athlete standpoint because, one, I think they're crazy to play the game and be so violent, and I wouldn't do it for a million bucks for a series. I always say it. What about 90 million bucks? Well, maybe 90 million. But, uh, but I wouldn't do it for a million. I'm, I'm honest with you. I, I just wouldn't. I think, I think because what would happen to me was what Tua looked like potentially yeah. on, on Thursday. And, and uh, so I, I have so much respect for the toughness, the violence of the game. But because we have video all the time, and I've seen so many film breakdowns, What's wild is if, if you actually go frame by frame, and there's like 30 frames in a second, and you'll see a player, and he's like three yards away from the running back. And then you see one frame of video, and he's boom on the running back. Like, that is how fast the game is. And so I know what Rasheen's talking about here. If you slip up for just a little bit, you know, you, you could be letting a big play go. And I think the Jags did that quite a bit yesterday. 
Yeah, I just think it's unfortunate that they weren't able to get with the brute force attack. You see Philly all over it with their 50 carries. And the Jaguars, just for whatever reason, Doug will say the turnovers, and he's not wrong. They weren't able to really run a lot of plays in the second half. But that brute force attack just banging, 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 banging really wasn't happening for the team yesterday. And, and you see the result. Well, I think, though, I, I said this earlier again today, and we talk a lot about the Jags. And so, Rasheen, I think Manhurts, Chris Manhurts, who's their blocking tight end, I think I saw played only 14 snaps. I didn't realize during the live action of that. Uh, then... You don't give it to James Robinson a lot. They didn't have a lot of plays in the second half, so there wasn't a huge opportunity. But I'm almost wondering if Doug's plan of attack was like, listen, I don't know if we can compete with them physically. Like, we're not going to overmatch them physically. We're going to go about this in a different way. And, and again, that's different than saying we can be physical. But they might be more physical than us, so we're going to have to try to attack it a different way. Do teams do that sometimes, or do you always try to go and see if you're more physical than the other well, team? Well, you always try to... You, you always try to go head-to-head, head, um, whether you get there or not. And, and whether you're able to accomplish that is something different. And you can make adjustments during the game. But you're not going in with a plan saying that we, we cannot physical them. Um, you know, you have to give your athletes a chance. It could be game planning around it, but you know if you have a physical. Like when we played the Steelers, yeah. back in the day, we knew we were going to have a we, – we call it a two-chin strap game. Yeah. We knew we were going to have to match them on a physicality standpoint. And if we weren't able to do it, it was going to be a long day for us. So, and I think that's what we found out. But being that we weren't able to take care of the ball, it's hard to see what the game plan actually was. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? It's hard to see what the game plan was because we were limited so many opportunities because of the turnovers. Is it safe to say, though, the Jags are now going to have to find their way and prove they can play a two-chin strap game because that was one example of them. We might get it again against Tennessee. Maybe you get it with the Ravens. Ravens organization is a lot like that. They'll beat you up a little mm -hmm. bit too. Those are physical mm -hmm. games yes. in that AFC North. But they're going to have to kind of prove now, right? Because these first, the first three weeks, I didn't really feel like that. Indianapolis, you can maybe make the case. You play that tough style with their offensive line. Right. They like to run it. I don't know, man. They just don't scream like two chin strap in Indianapolis like Tennessee does, true. Pittsburgh, the Ravens do. Right. I'm, I, I would say that if you open a if you open the can of worms, people, you're going to be exposed. Um, so people are going to keep nipping at it just to see can they stop the run? Can we stop the run? Was it luck the first three weeks of the season? I don't believe it's luck. I I, I trust in our guys. Um, I, it was a wet, wet, rainy day. We tough. didn't we didn't control the ball well, so that that exposes to another a lot of opportunities on the defensive side of the ball. So there's a lot of lot of lot of pieces there that 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 you can kind of overlook and jump to. Okay, we we're we're not that physical. I don't, I don't think it's that, but we will have to prove ourselves the next couple of weeks just to make sure that's not the case. And especially later in the season, because yes. that's when you do right. Yes, the weather sure. does get colder when you go on the road, or or just the games are magnified. And sure. December football is different than September and early October football, regardless of of where you're playing and what the weather conditions are. Uh, Aaron, you know it's pretty. It's interesting to watch the evolution of this team, and I think we're going to do it. I say this all the time, like. The Jags, what they are right now, even though they, they played a terrific stretch of football, are going to be a lot different in six weeks, eight weeks. I mean, all the football teams are. You got like The entire that, AFC yeah. South is, like the entire NFL is. Very few teams are the same as they in third week of September as they are in the third week of November. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But we really don't know what they're going to look like in two months. Well, you got to think the most inexperienced parts of the roster will continue to develop throughout the season, right? True. You hope they develop yeah. in the right way. So you look at a guy like Travis Etienne, 
Like, all right, this guy's going to get more reps, more time in the league under his belt. The speed of the game will hopefully start to slow down for him through the season. So hopefully you see an upgrade there, right? And then in the defensive secondary for the Jaguars, who's playing well so far this season, at least in, in spots, but is also young still. I mean, these guys, more communication there, more communication on that front, that defensive front that's also young and new with each other. You would like to see them step that up. But we're talking a lot about the Eagles' defense. I mean, the league certainly respects them. A lot of people have them ranked very high. But, I mean, that's a team that gives up a lot of points, even when they're playing well. Well, they have a, but a catch-up mode, too, a little bit, right? Detroit, you know, is a little bit of catch-up mode in the fourth quarter. I think they scored, like, 22 points mm-hmm. in the fourth. And so that was a little bit of garbage time for, the, uh, for them. And, and the Dolphins I mean, the put up 48 on them. Uh, well, that was for Detroit. Commanders, yeah, yeah. commanders uh, scored eight. Uh, yeah, Vikings the scored seven. And then yeah. the Jags come in and score 21. I mean, I think they put on a decent showing outside of the turnovers. Obviously, you don't want to see five turnovers. But the Jags still taking away the ball. I think that's a real positive for a team that struggled so much to take away the ball last year. They're still getting it done, even in a game where uh, maybe they're not playing up to well, what they're used to. And they cashed in big time with it, you know, with the pick six. Yeah. So that that's really nice. And nine turnovers through four games. They had nine turnovers in 17 games. Think about that. Yeah. Nine turnovers in 16 quarters. The Jags played 68 quarters last year and turned it over the same amount of time. I mean, uh, it, it, it's the ebbs and flows of the league sometimes. That was just gross what they did last year. Can you guys nail down this turnaround <laughs> to one or two things? I think a little bit of it's luck, but a little bit of it's playmakers, too, right? I mean, they've got more playmakers. It is. It's just being aggressive and being fast. It's, it's, it's believing believing that you can get to the ball and just having a different mindset once you're on the field. So it, it, it matters a lot. They're, the guys are, are playing fast. So when you're playing fast, you, you sniff around the ball a lot, and good things can happen. I did uh, say this um, in the last 24 hours. It, this weather scene does not happen a lot in the NFL. It, what we had, it was mid-50s, right. it was windy, it was a coldy kind of rain. Not freezing cold rain, you've played in those too, yes. but just cold. I mean, think about your career, Rasheen. You played a long time. I've been covering the Jags for 15 years, and I brought up the Carolina game the Jags played in, which was just like a monsoon yes. flood. <laughs> like, that was, you. I've never seen it since. Like, it was a lot like Chicago week one, where the field was just a mess and it was flooding. Uh, then I remember the Bills game. I don't know if you were on the roster, but it was freezing cold in November. It wasn't snowing, but it was freezing cold and rainy, and it was just miserable. Uh, I was on the sideline. I wasn't in the press box for that one, unfortunately. And then yesterday, like yesterday was one of those miserable days. I mean, this team's played in London. This team's played in right. Seattle. This, right. You don't get a lot of that in, in your to play in. It was that different of an atmosphere and, and conditions. Yeah, and, and you really don't understand it until you're down there in it, right? Um, because anything can happen in those games. Those games can go sideways very quickly. And being that we had as many turnovers as we did, and we were still able to call and fight, that says a lot about this team. Because Jaguars of old would have had five turnovers and got blown out by 50 points. Yeah, yeah. They still fought. Um, they didn't drop their head. They still felt that they had a chance to win the ball game, and that says a lot. That speaks volume for for a coach, um, um, and also for the players. So the organization as a whole. I, I like the trajectory that we're heading in, and I like a W. Yeah, I like a W coming. Yeah, I do this, too. And, and maybe a couple of them, hopefully over this stretch. We're going to talk about that. We come back. Let's take a break. Uh, I will say this to your point. It was seven minutes to go. I was like, all right, this one's over. On to next week. They're two and two. And then, right by like three minutes ago, I was like. You know, this, the NFL is stupid crazy. Like, this might 
maybe it's one of these kind of games. Right. When you still believe that with the Jags, again, to your point, you don't do that a lot. Exactly. Uh, over these last few years, it does feel different in Jacksonville, even in losses. Uh, Jags are now two and two. So. I want to ask you about the stretch coming up and how big this is for this football team because I think it's massive. I also want to ask you about the interception that Trevor threw. Mm -hmm. How good of a play was that and how much was on him? Uh, I, I want to, And maybe was the receiver in the wrong a little bit because the receivers weren't great yesterday. We talk more about it. Rasheen Mathis in person joining us live here on Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. We're at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. We'll be right back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard. We just, again, you know, we, we can't, as much as we try, we can't let the, the elements affect, you know, what we do. And um, you might have to modify some things, but, but you really, uh, you really, you know, have to stick to your plan and, and uh, you know, do the, do the things that, uh, you know, that, that we've been able to have success with, you know, uh, the last couple of weeks. That's Doug Peterson. You know what I love about Doug Peterson? You can ask him all you want about play calling and other things, and he's like, "Don't worry, I got this." <laughs> you know, like he doesn't—he knows he's going to get the questions, but he's very confident in what he's doing, and he should be. I think Doug's still been fantastic, and it was a pretty to see all the Philadelphia folks and the Eagles uh, players. You saw the appreciation, mm -hmm. and for a moment, soaking in in this respect, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Think about the dynamic of last year's football team and that coach and this year's football team and this coach and I can tell you in Philadelphia before the game there were security people and there were staffing and other than players that met with Doug and wanted to go say hey and how you doing and I mean he's that kind of guy uh, I didn't even realize Suriani doesn't even have that much of a relationship with him just respects the heck out of him so a little bit different dynamic with the guy that Jags have now oh I bet <laughs> I yeah, bet a bit different <laughs> Just I mean, even just different. with the even just with the media, I, it was so combative. It was almost as if uh, Urban was all like, "Why would you ask me a question? How dare you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, don't ask me a question because I might not know who Aaron Donald is. <laughs> <laughs> <That> is <true. laughs> what a disaster! That you think was. Urban had ever heard of Rasheed Mathis? Who <laughs> <laughs> <Or> even care? <laughs> <laughs> Brent Martino, Rasheed Mathis, back here at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. We are uh, live, Brent and friends, on ESPN 690 each and every Monday. we got Mojo on Mondays. we got Mathis on Mondays. Uh, Mojo joined us from London this week. And uh, Rasheen joined us from right here in person at Sneakers. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz as well. All right, there's a play that I've been wanting to ask you about yes. yesterday's game. See, people talk about the turnovers, and it's rightful. I mean, you can be critical of the young man. Uh, Trevor didn't play well. You can't turn over five times. Right. I mean, he might not do that again in his career. Gosh, I hope he doesn't. Um, or we'll really be talking about it if he does it again this year. Usually when you have a super bad game, it comes in interceptions. Yes. It's like a three-game, a three-interception or a four-interception game. So it's so odd to see that many fumbles. Certainly, I think, the conditions played a role. Uh, the first one, it slips out of his hands as he's running and rolling out. The second one, it's a snap. We haven't seen him have snap issues, and so I'm assuming weather played a role. The third one, I just think that's an NFL play. Jawan Taylor got beat, got hit from the side, and... He didn't really have much to do. He just lost the ball. Tom Brady did it last night. He's been playing for 20-something years. The one that gets me is the pick in the red zone mm -hmm. and then the last one because I thought he just held on to it forever, and you can't do it in that spot. Right. you got to get out of 
jail there and, and keep the drive alive and live right. another down. You had two minutes to go and a chance. But I want to go to the pick. And they're going into the wind there. How bad of a throw was that in the red zone? How much was on Kirk for kind of just either stopping or not trying to make a play? Or how good of just a play was it by a very good corner in Bradbury? It was a little bit of a little bit of a lot. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> a little bit of Trevor column A, a little bit of yeah. column B. A little yeah. bit of a lot. Yeah, so Trevor can't make that throw falling back. Because he was off his back he foot. He was off his back foot. While at the same time, Kirk can't still be going back in the red zone like he's in the open field because the field is shorter. Yeah, yeah. So I have to stop and actually commit to that ball as a receiver as well because he kept he was telling back and falling back as he as the ball was getting to him, which the DB barely even made the inter he like did. it was he had a bang bang play, it. right? Yeah. He had to dive to make it. So if I plant myself, that's not an interception. It might be a pass breakup if anything. So it's a it's a combination it's a combination of a lot. So great play by the D B, but the field is short and you have to realize that the field is shorter um, from a receiver standpoint, but also from a quarterback standpoint. So I can't I can't make that throw. I think that's the one two guys, Aaron and Casey, that he would love to have back yes. because I really they had put together a good drive. It was a nine play drive. They're mixing run and pass. And with all like the shell shock nature of the second quarter, they were about to go in and take the lead or at the very least be a field goal away. Uh, so I thought that was like I really thought that was worse than all of them. And I know everybody's talking about the four fumbles and I understand why, but I actually thought that was the worst because that's the play Trevor's trying to get rid of in his second year. He had 17 picks last year. You don't want to make mistakes in that area. There's two areas you don't want to make mistakes. Inside your own, like, 30, and then inside the opposing team's 30. Because you're missing out on points or you're giving up points. And to me, that was almost more disappointing. I don't know if you guys felt the same way watching it, Casey and Aaron, but, like, I get the fumbles were a problem. I just don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't want to see the young quarterback make that mistake in the red zone too much, putting the ball in the air and in danger. Yeah, falling backwards and then having uh, not be on the same page with your receiver. That's one of those messy, ugly mistakes that uh, definitely stands out versus just, you know, fumbling the ball because it's wet or something like that. Or maybe there's a miscommunication at the line or something like that. Those seem to be a little bit easier. But again, to have so many turnovers if you're Trevor, like, aren't you happy it came in a game that was going to be a challenge versus one of these games that you're supposed to win, and then that's the reason you lose. Like, God forbid, Trevor didn't do this versus the Eagles. He did it versus the Texans next weekend, and that's why you lose to the Texans when you kind of need a win. But to me, that would be so much of a worse situation. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like everybody's kind of saying. The Eagles are probably better overall right now. Yeah. And... I like the idea that the Jags, if they played a cleaner game, maybe not even the cleanest game, right. but a cleaner game, could hang with them. Yes. It shows me the Jags are pretty good. Exactly. Like, I think after four games, Rasheen, don't we know the Jags are pretty good? Like I said this morning, it's like I actually think the Jags are pretty good. I don't think they're great, but I also don't think they're bad. I think they're going to play with everybody this year, and they're going to be dangerous all year long. The first quarter of the season definitely proved that we're a good football team, no doubt. No doubt. I think anybody that you go that that lines up against us knows that um, week in and week out they're going to have to play a really good ball game um, to beat the Jaguars. Um, you know, was the is the Eagles a better team? Probably so. Um, but does that say a lot for the Jags to have? 
turnovers. I I I, I hate to keep saying it, um, but the turnovers and still being a, and still be able to hang with the, the Eagles. It says a lot about the ball about the ball club, and we I think we have to give credit for that that we were still in the game. Is there? Uh, I asked Maurice Jones drew a little bit about this too. I like I don't know what goes on after bad games for players, right? When you like, do you just feel like, hey, you're a pro, handle it. We'll see you next week. Do, does the the leadership? Uh, step up and be like, hey, kid, you've only played 20-something games. It's going to happen in the NFL. You're all right. I mean, look at the previous two games. Like, what, what happens? Like, what's that dynamic? Right, I have to stop you. I have to stop you. I believe what you said was, do you look at Trevor and you say, let's ride? <laughs> <laughs> Maurice Jones told me I can't say let's ride because that's oh, okay. what There we go. So there I can't go. say okay. that. <laughs> I just want to fact check there. There's some there context there. there. I appreciate that. I, appreciate um, that. I, I learned today on the show that I can't say let's ride. Yeah, right? let's ride. Uh, but, <laughs> but what happens there? I mean, you've been around. Well, you've probably had games that, Somebody else had to pick you up. Does it actually happen? Like, I'm trying to find, like, what's it like on a Monday in that building? Because I don't think Trevor slept well last night. No, no one did. No one did. Trevor definitely didn't sleep at all, um, probably. Um, you know, but what goes on is it's a 24-hour rule, as we all heard. Um, but as internally as an athlete, you deal with yourself differently than everybody else. Right. So you're battling your own little demons in your head about what you should or could have done. And, and that's that's the tough part, part about sports, because you're your biggest critic, um, regardless of how much is written about how many turnovers you had, you've had. You're your biggest critic. So, you know, the play, you live the play. And it was your responsibility to control that play. And being that you didn't, regardless of what it was, giving up a touchdown or throwing an interception or fumbling the ball. You're your biggest critic, so you're looking at yourself harder than anyone else is looking at yourself. But as a coaching staff, you have to understand that this is the first quarter. You do have a young team. You do have a young quarterback. So how we handled it and how Doug handled it on the sideline was phenomenal. We never seen him yell. We never seen him get upset. Okay, let's let's talk to him. Let's calm him down. We still have a chance to win this ball game. And he, they know that they still have three quarters of the season left. So they know that they need to be speak positive and speak positivity in um, Trevor, R- R- which I'm sure they're doing. Rasheen, I got to ask you, do you think the demeanor from Doug is more about Doug or more about the roster he's got and him trying to work with it? It has a lot of it has a lot to do with the cloth that he's cut from um, all the things that he's learned through his coaching career. But it also has something to do with the team that he has up under his leadership. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. You asked a good question, Aaron, because in a production meeting earlier this year when I was doing preseason, somebody asked him, uh, I think it was Brian Sexton, asked him, uh, like, are you a yeller? Like, right. Or we don't see you yell much. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've never really been around guys that are yellers. Like, and, and so I'm not really a yeller. I don't really do that much. Now, once in a while, you might have to lay into somebody, right. but that's not really my style. That kind of speaks to what you're saying, too. And I think this guy really does understand what he's got. Mm-hmm. I mean, he understands mm-hmm. this is a quarterback that probably got scarred a bit last year right. and is now playing his fourth game with us as a coaching staff. Exactly. There's going to be growing pains, and that goes for other players on the roster too. Exactly. Like he said, he's never been around a lot of yellers. So that's the cloth that he's cut from. He's, he's cut from a, a good coaching um, a, a good a good coaching staff. And also, like you said, um, not having Trevor – I heard a lot on the broadcast 
about starting over. Yeah. Like yesterday, yeah. it was talked about a lot. They're starting over from fresh. They they wiped the slate clean from Trevor to get him to fundamentals and foundation and things of that nature. So he understands what he has in a young stud, and you have to take care of your young studs there, because there's going to be vital come down later down the road. There are people in the building, and I can tell you this for a fact, that think they're fortunate he came out on the positive side of last year. Like, that's how bad it was right. at times for him. Right. Right. And you don't always come through that and still ready to go. And so where he is from a mental standpoint, even a physical standpoint, that starting over, they view it that way, and they're kind of lucky that it's not even worse of a starting point than it probably could have been with many other players, given last year's circumstances. I lived it with Gabbard. Sorry. I lived it with Gabbard. You did like, it. We, we, we put him in too early. You did. Right. Yeah, or not he, you, but right. <laughs> Jack Pan <laughs> could put him in. The receiver has to take credit now for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off. No, not me. But, yeah, we lived it, right? Like, it's too early, and it's hard to survive that. If you could become shell-shocked, and um, we're happy that Trevor did. I, I believe, and I'm going to get to Aaron in a moment, but I agree with you, and I've said this for a decade around here. I'm not sure how good Gabbert would have been. Right. I think that's a fair thing. But I think the way they put him in there, mm -hmm. he could not recover mm -hmm. from the shock and the and the hits and the uh, just constant like negativity mm -hmm. that he had to deal with. That He was just put in an awful position. Like, I say it all the time. Think about any line of work. You want to be put in a position to be successful. Yes. He was put in a position to fail because Jack panicked. His job was on the line. He's like, okay. let's try this. And it was just not supposed to be the case. And he never really could recover from it here in Jacksonville. And it kind of derailed his career. Look, I mean, he's still a backup in the league. He's made a ton of money. He's, yeah. he's ready to go when needed. Right. I just I don't know if he would have been a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to paint that picture. I just don't know if he was as bad as well. Jacksonville helped him be. Right. We don't know that, but what we do know is we put him in the fire that he shouldn't have been in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's probably so easier totally way to say it. Totally agree. Aaron, what you got? Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, talk about reading the room when it comes to Doug's pedigree also. it's Aside from the fact that he's cut from a certain cloth and he's got a certain experience, a certain demeanor, but it's entirely possible that Shad in the front office decided to go this direction with Doug because of what they had with Urban last year. I mean, the, from all accounts, what you hear in the locker room was that he was just treating these people like children and yelling at guys and, and not treating them like grown men. And here comes Doug treating them like, you know, they're adults. That's a great point. That's a great point. And we all talk about it as players, as adult, as men, that once you bring a college coach in, um, that it's a tough transition for college coaches because you're dealing with grown men. You're dealing with – you're not dealing with 18- and 22-year-olds. Um, you're dealing with – 35 year olds with kids and mortgages and 529s <laughs> like so you know what i'm saying like you have to understand that coming in as a coach so is this and something I, that players talk about before the coach will even get there it's just oh here we go college coach and and then you have these expectations that need to now be either met or you know dismissed oh for sure for sure no doubt no doubt yeah and i think well i i also believe because most coaches in the nfl know that the difference last year was Urban was coming from the college game, so it was different than the normal hire in that sense. Yeah. But I would think most players kind of think, okay, we're going to get a guy that understands all this because yes. he's been around the NFL. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the case. And, and uh, the people that said that college to the NFL game is totally different, won. They were right. Yeah. They were correct. And by the way, they're finding – I'm not sure Matt Rule has had these kind of problems, but it's certainly a different game. In Carolina, he can't get them clicking the way he had Baylor clicking. You know, it's a tough transition. Very few have been able to do it. And I think there's a reason for that. And I think we found out firsthand 
maybe to like a very dramatic end of the scale uh, with Urban Meyer last year. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, Rasheen Mathis on the Jags. It's next stretch. I want to ask him a little bit about it, but we also got to talk some baseball. Will Aaron Judge get the American League record? And a uh, cool project that uh, Rasheen has going on, too. I tell you, he tells us, first love is baseball, man. We're going to talk a little ball. I got to hear Rasheen if Rasheen Matthews. thinks that this uh, record is the real record or not when we come back. I want to well, hear his take on that. We'll find out when we come back. We're live at Sneakers in Jack's Beach. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. ESPN 690, Brent and Friends. Coming to you live on a Monday. Brett Martineau at Sneakers in Jack's Beach, sitting next to Rasheen Mathis, the legendary Rasheen Mathis. Aaron Schachter in studio. me with legendary. <laughs> Not yet. You are very far from that, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple more $8 haircuts. We'll get you there. Yeah, Delphonic, by the way, did a nice job with your um, I saw. Dahmer and, and Aaron Schachter. I wouldn't call it a nice job. It's just like <laughs> I would say it was an effort. Delphonic, thanks for the effort. Maybe we improve next time. We'll see. All right, hey, we just did something in commercial break, and we're going to let Rasheen go in a few minutes here. Um, we're live at Sneakers, but it's great to have him in person. Maybe I just come out here all the time. We just come on, come on down the road, and, and you're right here. I feel so like me and Casey got to go, like, look for new gigs. Nah, you just come out, too. There's plenty of room at the table. Um, you <laughs> just said something good. in commercial break. Do people re- – do you – have you – how many times in your career did you really, like, say, all right, we don't need to watch that film? Like, did some coaches do that? Yes, and yes. I'm, I'm sure you're going to watch some, but not right. to the extent of what you normally do. Exactly. Some games, it was rainy, it was wet, um, it was windy. Or so it was just flat out terrible. Just flat, flat out a terrible <laughs> game, and you know that that wasn't you as a as a team. You'd be like, okay, no, let's cut it. Tell the the um, the coordinators to cut out a couple plays so you can see it. But I don't need to see you. I don't need to rewind a snap that you fumbled or a play that you knew you should have had. Let's just go ahead and move on past that and move on to the next team. So and it has happened. It has happened. It does happen. It, yes, it does. I've heard it before, but I'm just not sure if it really did happen. I wouldn't be surprised if if it happened if it, if it happened um, today. Yeah, today. That's I wouldn't an be interesting surprised. point. I wouldn't and be surprised. Rasheen brings up a great point when we were talking about this in the break because listen, Doug Peterson's been there before too. He's had yes. bad moments. He understands yes. that, hey, sometimes it's going to be bad games. No reason to just sit there and watch it over and over again. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have a player's coach to say, hey, I've been there before. I know that you didn't have a good a good night last night. I know you probably didn't sleep at all. So let's just go ahead and look at what we need to look at, pull what we need to pull from from the film, and let's just move on to next week. All right, we always talk uh, football and the Jags with Rasheen Mathis, but I want to talk baseball. He's a baseball guy, just came back from throwing BP, giving some lessons. Also got D-Bats is opening up. Uh, soon. Give us an update on what you're doing with D-Bats. You guys just broke ground uh, down yes, in St. John's yes, County, right? Yes, down in St. John's County. Um, we're St. John's County, so D-Bats St. Augustine. D-Bats St. Augustine, uh, me and my partner, um, we are opening up. We're broken ground already. The building is being delivered um, in three weeks, so we're very excited. Very wow. excited to, to give to the Nocatee St. Augustine um, International Parkway, like that area, the Palencia area. It's a lot of families moving out there, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great spot to be in, so we're very excited. You might it. see a couple Martinos down there. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, we're, we're very welcome to come. <laughs> very welcome to so come. So when, when's the expectation that you could – I know those things don't always go according to plan. Yeah, it doesn't go according to plan, but – Looking at April, May, like somewhere okay. around there. So things are moving fast now. We're we're past the COVID era where everything is delayed. So yeah. the the building is being shipped. It's going to be shipped in 
large trucks because um, the assembly of a warehouse is already pretty much assembled and you kind of puzzle it together. That's pretty cool. Which will be exciting to see. So That's awesome, yes. man. Good for you. Yes. So yes. I, love, I love following what you guys do in life after football, and uh, this is the next venture for Rasheen Mathis. So I, got a, ask you. I got a question okay. about D-Bats, actually. Uh, me yeah. and Casey. No, were, you, you couldn't hit even a 38-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball. No, you couldn't. Well, me and Casey, we're talking about getting in It's going to have cages, Rasheen. We were talking about getting in a 65-mile-an-hour yes. cages going head-to-head with each other. Oh, I, hey. You you name it. we could we could bring the cameras out. I'll I'll love I to see like it. This. I'll, I'll in the cage with you. Maybe I'll teach you a couple <laughs> oh, things. Yeah. I like maybe that bring lot. those maybe bring those sunglasses you had on too. Maybe those <laughs> well, will help I'll keep the glare out there. UV protected, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's indoor though, so you don't have to worry about the sun. <laughs> so lights are bright. <laughs> hey, Rasheen, is Aaron Judge going to do this thing? Uh, you're a baseball fan. I mean, he's got four games to get one more home run to get the American League record. I believe so. I believe so. Four games. I, I, I like his chances. I like his chances. I don't believe that pitchers are going to pitch away from him. I think it'll, they'll be shunned if they do. I think you have to give the, you have to pitch to him and give him the opportunity to break this record. Um, and I, I, everything I love everything about Aaron Judge. His his humble yeah. him, him being a humble player. Um, just just an amazing talent as well. Uh, you know, I'm trying to go back now in all the years of covering Rasheed Mathis. Think if I ever saw him with a Yankees hat on, and I I don't remember, but. Please tell me you're not a Yankees fan. I'm not a Yankees fan, but I don't discriminate. So I okay, have okay. had a Yankees hat on just because I respect the game. But I go all all over the place, from San Diego to New York to, right, okay. to the Marlins. So that's I'm all fair. over. The, but I'm a Brave. I, I was born and raised a Braves guy. Okay. So well, yeah, Ron, big Gant, Sid, Brink. Yeah, so all of them. I'm, so, I'm a Braves, Braves fan for sure. Rasheen, uh, let's get off the topic of the Braves because it's nauseating to me. But uh, do you think the Aaron Judge <laughs> record, <you. laughs> do you think the Judge record is the true home run record, or do you think it's just the AL record? I think you have to respect both. Um, and, and this is me just saying it was a time where things weren't as tight as they were now. And you have to respect that error. Um, I'm always for, you know, this, I'm, I'm talking about, you're talking to a guy who never even took medicine, right? So I never put anything into my body. So um, I like to know how my body is feeling and how it's healing um, on its own. So I respect what Aaron Judge did. But you also have to respect the error that was played when, when baseball wasn't as strict as they were. Um, and then they shunned on the guys who took advantage of the rules. Um, and so I respect Bond's record, but also respect Aaron Judge for coming out there, putting his hard hat in, and doing it the way he's, he's doing it. How funny yeah. is this, that Judge going through what, what, I mean, by regular standards is not a drought, but certainly by, by Aaron Judge <laughs> standards seems like a drought. But even during the drought, you know, 12 walks, 5 runs, Yanks are winning. It's like, is it, can you even really call it a drought just because he's not hitting homers? Yeah, it's not really a drought. He's still batting 313. Yeah. I, I think he's like <laughs> .4 from getting a triple crown. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very impressive what he's, what he's able to do. Can you imagine the pressure on him, though, seriously? Like he's trying, obviously he's got the whole Maris family there up to 61. Now yeah. you're trying to break it, and you're trying to win the triple crown, and you're right. in New York. I mean, there's a lot on you, and you're not seeing as many pitches. They're walking them more now than they did. Insane. You know, all year. So It's too bad um, he can't pitch. Be the real MVP. <laughs> I say, hey, hey, Shohei, you got to give his give tip your hat to him as well because he's doing something that that that's never really been done before. But I say, Aaron Judge, he gets two. So if he hits one, he's going to hit another one in that same game. Ah, I so like back that. To back. And then I would, my prediction of 63 would be right on. So I like what Rashid is saying yeah. here. <laughs> Gosh, thank goodness, although I was hoping for Otani to pitch at no-hitter. But thank goodness because Casey would have been relentless oh my God. for the next oh, five man. days. Oh, he's he's a show man. Man. He's a show man. Oh, oh my God. God. Casey is. He, yeah. he thinks show is already better than Babe Ruth. 
So I mean, oh no no no, I don't think it. I know it. It's that's different. Hey, it's it's impressive. I, I might be with you, Casey, on that. Yes. Like, it's, it's, it's impressive what he's doing. It's, yeah, it's, co it's Co-signed by Rasheed Matthews. All right, all right, uh, all right. We got to get out of here. Uh, we'll get you out of here, Rasheed Matthews. Great to see you in person, man. And uh, good luck with the opening D bats. We're gonna go do a show down there at D bats. I almost want to do the see the construction, and then it would take BP. But we're not waiting until the spring to get BP off Rasheed Mathis. they got baseball fields right here in Atlantic Beach. Yeah. We're going to go down and do that. Jack's Beach. Jack's Beach, sorry. Jack's Beach, Atlantic Beach. They do have them in Atlantic Beach, too, but they got them in Jack's Beach right here, too. All right. We'll take a break. Football at 5 coming back live from Sneakers in Jack's Beach on ESPN 6 night. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.